Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Scott Watley, and we appreciate you being with us. Hope everyone is having a, a great weekend out there. A little bit wet, but uh, hey, we need the moisture, as they always say. Well, we're going to kick off today's show with a uh, good friend of our show, Colorado Parks and Wildlife, and Lauren Truitt. And Lauren is the is public information um, officer as well as a, a website manager. Lauren, I think I've got that right. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Scott. Great hey, to be on the show. Yeah, it's great to have you, and uh, we certainly love getting you guys on as much as we can. There's so much to talk about with our state. But uh, first of all, I wanted to kick off looking at the website this morning, and I didn't realize, to be honest, we had this day, but Colorado Public Lands Day is today, May 19th. So what is that all about? It is. So, you know, Colorado was the first state in the nation to establish its own public lands day. Um, you know, as many Coloradans know, our public lands are so, so much a part of who we are as a, as a people of Colorado and as a state. So the governor really wanted to make sure that, that we were celebrating these amazing lands that have been passed on from generation to generation. So um, back in 2016, the General Assembly passed a bill establishing that the, the third Saturday in May is always going to be Colorado Public Lands Day. Wow. Okay, cool. And, you know, I tell you, I mean, I don't know, you visited a lot of other states, you know, certainly have, but it is hard to believe, I mean, hard to beat, I should say, all the different things that, you know, our state has to offer. And I guess that's why our highways are like they are with traffic, because everybody figured that out. But there is just so much that our state has to offer with the outdoors. It really is. You know, I, I, I stand in awe. I mean, I, I feel like the luckiest person in the world getting to work for the agency that I do and really help um, the broad spectrum of Coloradans not only understand who Colorado Parks and Wildlife is, but the people behind the resources that they enjoy every single day. Um, you know, the, the purpose of Colorado Public Lands Day was really to celebrate um, the lands that make, you know, that make us uh, such a unique state. But that also has our, our incredible wildlife. They play host to so many different outdoor recreation opportunities, and they are a powerhouse, um, they, horsepower for our, our economy. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, there's so many things, uh, you know, especially when we got, went through our draw recently, and a lot of people are happy with that process. A lot of people aren't happy with that process. You're not gonna make, but it's just amazing sometimes to me, just the um, disdain, so to speak, that, that even some of what I call outdoor people, you know, and uh, I even think misconceptions about, you know, uh, the agency and all the different things because they just, you know, I don't know. I think they just, we all just need to realize, hey, we're lucky enough to live here, fortunate to live here. Our pricing is pretty fair for tags and, um, you know, just be happy with what we've got and that we can still get out there and hunt and fish and enjoy the outdoors. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the the beauty of our state is often carried and often forgotten that it's carried by our sportsmen and women. Uh, it is still the most reliable and important funding sources, those hunting and fishing dollars, to not only 
big game conservation or game conservation in its entirety, but all of the Colorado wildlife. So we have 960 species. Every single one of those animals is touched by by the conservation and the investment of our sportsmen and women. And and I think a lot of times we as sportsmen forget about that. You know, when I go out in the field on a hunt with my dad, you know, it's the experience with my dad, but sometimes I have to stop myself <laughs> and look around and remember my license dollars are paying to make sure these lands look the way they do. Um, I have a little girl that I can't wait to get out in the field for her first hunt, and I have to remember that my investment um, um, paves the way for, for her future as well. Sure. Absolutely. Lauren Truitt is with us, and Lauren's with Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And uh, one thing we wanted to discuss a little bit today, and uh, if you watch the news at all, it's certainly been in that the last several weeks, months, and uh, that is interaction with wildlife. And we thought it'd be good timing here with a um, long weekend coming up next weekend and a lot of people camping and all that. And so, uh, Lauren, start wherever you want, and then we'll just uh, take it. But when we talk about, you know, wildlife interaction, what are some of the issues that, that are, you know, facing us and facing your department? Well, and I'm sure everybody's, you know, everybody sees not only just now, but in through the, the summer and fall, um, a lot of different interesting stories, some that make you scratch your head um, <laughs> of, of the behaviors of people. But, you know, wildlife in Colorado is, is such a, a part of life. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're very fortunate to be able to buck up right against our wildlife but it's also the responsibility is on us to, to make sure that those animals stay wild and don't become domesticated. And all too often, you know, and I, I say they're well-meaning because most people just don't know. Um, a lot of people that are living in Colorado now have, have moved here from states that don't have the incredible wildlife we have. And so, you know, we, we can talk. Um, young wildlife and people picking up young out of the field, again, thinking they're doing the right thing of helping some poor, helpless, right. abandoned, you know, fawn, when in actuality they're they're doing so much more harm than good. Um, that baby is not abandoned. It, its mom is out foraging. She knows exactly where she left her young, and, and now it's not there. And mm-hmm. we as an agency have no way of reuniting that fawn with her, her mom or, his, you know, his mom. And so... Um, it goes from picking up young wildlife to feeding wildlife. Again, a lot of um, well-intentioned and maybe some not-so-well-intentioned people um, put out food for deer. They love seeing them in their backyards without yeah. realizing, again, that they're doing more harm than, than any good by feeding those animals. And they're also drawing predators into their neighborhoods, which endangers not only themselves, but their neighbors. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I know recently one that got a lot of attention was a a young man getting pictured with a moose. I think that was in Frisco area. And a a lot of things on social media, people go, he's not hurting anything. He's just standing beside it. But I don't think everybody got to see, uh, uh, including myself, but all the events that went around that because there were reports and um, and not asking you to confirm or deny, as they say, but there were reports that he was kind of chasing it around a little bit to get in position for that photo. And uh, and so there's a lot lot to the stories. You guys got a lot 
lot of thing, better things to do than just go, you know, uh, chase somebody getting a picture of the moot. But I mean, so it is a serious thing. And, and you know, I want to talk about this today, too. When we talked about, you know, and y'all came out and said harassing wildlife. And a lot of people say, you know, well, what is that whole harass? When we talk about harassing an animal, I think that means a lot of different things to a lot of people. But there's still a definition and a law to that from your standpoint. Absolutely. And, and harassment, um, you know, we do see it from from residents. There's no doubt. Um, a lot of times uh, non-residents, especially in our mountain towns, they want to get that quick money shot for their Instagram um, or their Facebook, not realizing how much harm they're causing to the animal and then also how much danger they're putting themselves in. So. The, the incident in Frisco, eyewitnesses were, were saying that the gentleman was chasing the, you know, the moose into the intersection. Um, the photo was snapped by a passerby and was actually turned in because they, they recognized this is not right. Mm-hmm. Um, so even just approaching an animal um, causes them some serious stress. And quite honestly, it should cause you some serious <laughs> stress. No kidding. These animals are not small. Uh, they have huge antlers, a lot of them very pointy, and they're good for goring. Um, and, and a moose in, in particular, um, they they are very, very defensive, and they have no problem making, making way at a, a person who's kind of encroaching on that space. So if you look at that picture, you can see that the hackles along the back of the moose are completely raised, mm-hmm. and its ears are completely flat behind its head, which are, are tall tail signs. I mean, if you look at a dog or any other animal when they're extremely irritated, yeah. scared, or in defensive mode, those ears go back, the hackles raise. Uh, they're, you know, they're in some serious stress, mm-hmm. and so... Anytime we approach wildlife in a way that puts them in an agitated state, we consider um, the harassment components start playing into into the situation. And it is illegal to both feed wildlife in Colorado and to harass them. And our officers and agencies take it very seriously, uh, not only just for the protection of our wildlife and their sanity, but... Uh, the sheer safety of people as well. Right. And because, you know, some people realize this and uh, some don't. And I wanted to get clarification on this because I saw a story yesterday that uh, I always had kind of thought that, um, you know, depending on what the situation was and the severity of it, that, you know, maybe a, a bear or uh, elk or whatever that had caused problems, you know, you tag and then they get a couple of strikes. But if I heard a report yesterday, right, there is really no two or three strike rule. I mean, you know, animals can be put down on, on the very first offense, so to speak. If and They that's... can. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of misconception, um, both in the wildlife enthusiast community and, and the, the general public as at large. Our officers have, um, as any police officer or any first responder has, there's a lot of dynamics that go into those situations. Um, a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that they have to consider with when uh, responding to a wildlife call. Um, and in, in some instances, when it becomes a human health and safety issue, mm-hmm. uh, our officers have 100% authority to remove the threat. Um, as the, the incident in Grand Junction where a bear attacked a, a five-year-old little girl, right. um, we are not going to take any chances with those 
um, incidents reoccurring. And, yeah, you can sit here and play the what-if game. What if it never happens? But on the flip side of that is what if it does and we did nothing about it? And that is something our officers and our agency, is we are not willing to take a, a, a risk on. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to human health and safety, we will always put people before wildlife. Sure. Lauren Truitt is our guest. Once again, she's a public information officer and website manager for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about um, camping. Um, so, Lauren, if you can give us some tips there with our um, long weekend coming up of do's and don'ts there as well. And then I thought, too, if we have time, we'll talk a little bit just about our own residential districts. I mean, I live in Highlands Ranch, and I tell you, I've walked out of my house. I've had four bucks standing in my front yard. <laughs> I mean, right in the middle. Sure. I've had, you know, coyotes, foxes in the backyard. So talk a little bit about the, the things of living with wildlife in our neighborhoods as well. So you're listening to Sports from Colorado. We'll take this short break and be back with Lauren right after this. I was hurt in a car accident. The bills were piling up and my insurance company was giving me the runaround. I didn't know what to do, but then I called a lawyer I saw on TV. That lawyer had all the tools and the knowledge to get me 1.2 mil- Whoa, whoa. When you're hurt in an accident, you need Kevin Flesh of Flesh Law, a lawyer that's going to take your case seriously and not treat you like some get-rich-quick scheme. Serious car accidents are traumatic and can completely disrupt your life. Kevin Flesh has the integrity to help you get your life back on track. He will fight for you to get what you deserve, but he won't treat you like a lottery ticket. After you've been in an accident, call Kevin Flesh of Flesh Law at 303-806-8886 and make sure you will get someone who will do the right thing and get your life back. When people see the new, beautiful Cat Lodge at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they're pretty impressed. With its sleek condo spaces, stunning wall murals reflecting Colorado mountainscapes, custom-built cat trees made from real aspen and spruce, and a colorful and entertaining fish tank, we couldn't be happier to show it off. The Cat Lodge is a special place for cats of all ages and sizes to hang out when their families are away, providing much-needed peace and tranquility. Whether your special friend loves to lounge, nest, explore, or be entertained, you can rest assured that your special companion will find something that suits his or her fancy. The atmosphere is relaxing and stress-free and filled with cat-friendly activities and objects of interest. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, we understand how stressful it can be to leave a beloved pet behind when you have to be away. Call Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center with your questions about our new cat lodge and our cat boarding services. 303-708-8050 or visit Lone Tree vet.com rush to reason with john rush weekdays from three to seven on klz 560 Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. If you're just joining us, my name is Scott Watley. We're glad to have Lauren Truitt with us. Lauren's with Colorado Parks and Wildlife, and we're talking a little bit about wildlife interaction. And uh, if you've missed our first segment today, again, on Sundays, uh, we re-air our show, so you can catch it at 9 a.m., and you can also catch it at 4 p.m. And if you still miss us, you can catch our podcast on sportsmanofcolorado.com. So, Lauren, as I mentioned, uh, got our long weekend coming up here next weekend for Memorial Day weekend. A lot of folks camping. Matter of fact, I heard pretty much all the parks were already full. So a lot of folks are going to be camping. And, boy, pretty much can count on 
there's going to be some kind of wildlife interaction if you're camping. So what are some of the, the tips that your agency gives out when you're camping just to keep everybody safe and make it a fun weekend for all? Absolutely. Um, stay off the roads on Friday when you have <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the high start. country. No uh, doubt. Take, you know, take Friday off and leave Thursday. Get in front of them. Um, but, you know, can't, this is the best part of Colorado is when camping season finally comes out, uh, you know, we, we get to head to the hills. And, and we are so fortunate that the hills, you know, they could be a little bit of a drive, but they are really, they're very accessible. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it's their country. Uh, wildlife is, is abundant. of running into uh, a whole host of different things. Deer, elk, uh, you know, ground squirrels, raccoons, hopefully no skunks in your camp spot. But um, the, the primary thing when, when camping in Colorado is just remembering um, how close our wildlife neighbors are. And that, you know, when you're camping in bear country, it's, it's on us. We have some easy ways to avoid any conflicts or attracting them to our campsites because although it is neat to see them, you don't want them scratching at your tent. Sure. And, and some of those things to do is really looking at how you're storing your food. Um, if it smells good to you, the bear will love it too. Uh, they can smell things from about five miles away. <laughs> so they have an incredible sense of smell. So it's really making sure that you're you're storing your food, any beverages, especially sugary beverages and toiletries in airtight containers, Um, you know, making sure that you're locking your your trunk or your truck. Using some bear-proof containers are some sure ways to to avoid unwanted visitors. Um, We know that that bears love human trash. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet for them. And so really making sure that you're stashing your trash in an appropriate way and that you're, you're continually picking up your campsite, uh, making sure that you're not leaving any morsels that would make them want to come in and, and also camp with you. So it's really, you know, kind of keeping it clean, locking it up, and then enjoying your time out there. Um, kind of the same thing when you're hiking. You know, sure. it's good to make noise in Colorado when you're hiking most animals are going to get the heck out of there before you even see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it, it's also when you, you run across a mountain lion or you run across a bear on the trail, making yourself known. They want to know, are you predator or prey? And right. you want them to know that you mean business. So loud, authoritative voices, making yourself as big as possible and remembering to never turn your back on that animal. Mm-hmm. Um, backing away slowly, letting them know you're leaving. Um, but the, the minute we turn our back, we turn from predator to prey. Right. And they are instinctual creatures, and they are meant to chase prey. Yep. This is why I always hunt or hike with someone slower than me. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the last one out of the woods. Exactly. So, you know, they always say like raising your arms and even hollering, and it may sound silly, but it, they always say make yourself look big. You've heard that term, yeah. you know, and and like you say, most of these bears are, uh, you know, mountain lion. They're they're pretty skittish, and you know, they are. Yeah, and so if you if you'll follow those things, uh, probably got a pretty good chance there. But just being aware of your surroundings too, and with kids, you know, we yeah. had to deal several years ago, and I mean, it's it's been a little while back now, I remember, but. Uh, I can't remember if it was a, a boy or girl, but they had gotten ahead of their folks on a trail, and, and they went around that trail, and that kid was gone. 
and uh, yeah. it was, you know, I think a year or so later they found some clothing. So, I mean, it just, just keep an eye on the kids, the pets, uh, all of that stuff, and uh, that'll make it a fun, a lot more fun weekend. <laughs> it certainly will. Yeah, keeping your pets on a leash, especially if you're going out hiking, um, not only to avoid just wildlife conflicts, but any conflicts with other people in the area. Um, but, you know, small children, pets, they, they are, you know, they're the ones that are going to turn their backs and run um, because they, they just don't know better. And so that's where if you can keep them in a good distance, I mean, there's, no, there's nothing that we need to, to truly fear in our backcountry. Um, but like you said, being conscious, being aware of what's around you, um, usually there are, you know, there are tall, tall tail flies. You'll see tracks. You'll see scat. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll know. You'll know if there's something in and around the area, and just to be to be conscientious and cautious. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's go to the neighborhoods a little bit because um, we actually had an incident that um, a gentleman lives behind us um, has some space up underneath a deck that's kind of on the grass level built up and uh, these uh, foxes this fox family that's kind of their annual hotel place and then where they they have pups and you know yeah are they cute running around all the different things but for those of us that have you know dogs and our cats whatever around they're not as wild about seeing these you know animals around there so what are just some of the things homeowners should should do um you know to help make our neighborhoods safe and again we're looking out for protection of these animals as well Sure. You know, and, and most of the, the negative encounters occur because we as people fail to remember um, that, that wildlife, they're curious creatures. They're very instinctual. So they, they are trying to survive, and that means food and shelter. Um, and so really when you're talking, I mean, decks are perfect examples. I, I was gearing up that you were going to say mountain lions because mountain lions are also den-style creatures. Right. where they, they do love to find their way under your decks. Um, they, they may store something you don't want under your neck <laughs> as a cat. But, right. you know, with, with fox or any other animals, if you have an a, a open under your deck, um, we recommend, uh, you know, even just closing it with some lattice or something along those lines that will keep them from burrowing under there. Uh, when we first moved into our house, uh, a family of skunks had found a way to make this their breeding ground. And oh, i got to tell you, it was a horrible couple of months because I've got two dogs that loved chasing the skunks. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I felt so bad for my neighbors. Our, our house just it smelled horrible. But, you know, what we had to do is we, we dug down a little bit. We put just some chicken wire down so they can't burrow under the lattice. Mm-hmm. Um, garbage is a, a huge part of any wildlife coming into your, your neighborhood. Um, again, feeding them. A lot of people will leave out corn or nuts or something along those lines, and it is going to bring the, the animals in. Um, it is illegal and dangerous to feed wildlife in Colorado because they lose their instinct. Yep. They become very dependent on people, and and eventually they, they don't remember how to be a wild animal. And that's unfortunately when, you know, when that happens, we as an agency cannot rehabilitate them. Uh, they are too domesticated, and unfortunately, the people who are feeding them have basically sentenced them to a, a very bad fate. Gotcha. Now, quick question. I have some friends who live in Sedalia, and a few years ago, uh, uh, a 
bear got into their chicken coop <laughs> and uh, yeah. decided to have some chicken. Uh, what do those um, uh, landowners, as far as rights, have? If, if something, if they walk out there, and I mean, there's literally a bear in the chicken coop, whatever. Um, their their duty is to still call you guys, right? So, so landowners have actually a lot of rights, especially when they're protecting their properties. So uh, there, there are plenty of animals that, that get taken by landowners, especially as an active attack is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we always need to be called in, in those instances or if, if you've had an attack and the animal has left, we can come up and put traps around the house. We can try and remove the bear or mountain lion from the area. Um, I think, again, a lot of misconception is that the minute you call our agency, that that animal is going to be euthanized, but that is absolutely not the case. There are far more animals that we handle um, that never are euthanized than are. Um, Obviously, the ones that do get euthanized make the headlines, but it's not all the other positive interactions that happen in between those those things. So we can be a really big partner for any property owner in Colorado, whether you live in the foothills, the middle of the city, or in a more rural area. Um, you know, a, a lot of people think bears are vegetarians, and, mm-hmm. and in actuality, they're omnivores. Um, so I get a lot of people who are, you know, that they don't even eat meat. I'm like, well, you know, actually they do. <laughs> yeah. uh, protein is, is a part of their diet. Now they eat more, you know, on the, the veggie side and, and nuts and berries, but Protein is a very critical part of their overall overall diet, and they need some serious calories. Sure. When you go into the fall and they're prepping for winter, they've got to pack on about twenty thousand calories a day. So wow. you're thinking the you know Colorado we estimate seventeen thousand to twenty thousand bears, and each one needs about twenty thousand calories. That's a heck of a mm-hmm. a food need. Sure, and so. The, the biggest thing with bears is really making sure that the trash, our, our trash is the primary attractive that brings bears to town. Uh, it's quick. McDonald's is far easier and has far more calories or Wendy's or the steak you ate last night than foraging for bears, nuts, and, and bugs. <laughs> uh, so it's far easier. They're opportunistic animals, and if they found an easy food source, why go expend the energy in the, the back country when it's right here in your garage or your, your, your trash can? So really important from now until November, talk to your neighbors. If they're leaving their trash out and it gets knocked over week after week, um, we have bear aware volunteer teams that can come in and talk to the neighborhood. Um, our officers, we, we would rather educate than write tickets. And so... Sure. It's really an opportunity for us to come in and say, hey, here's what the, what the challenge is, and here's what, what this trash is actually doing to these bears and why it's so important for us as Coloradans to be good, responsible neighbors to our wildlife. Yeah, absolutely. And I highly recommend you, you, know, you make yourself familiar with the website. It's cpw.state.co.us. A ton, a wealth of information is there on the website to keep you up to date of what's going on with Colorado Parks and Wildlife. There's always great articles on there, different events for the whole family, kids. And so make yourself familiar with that website. Again, it's cpw.state.co.us. 
Well, Lauren, I tell you, I wish I had the whole, whole hour for us today and everything, but uh, uh, hopefully uh, you and I can maybe get into a little systematic pattern and, and do this every once in a while because this is some great, I would love to. Yeah, it's great information, and, um, you know, uh, we just want to uh, continue to make our state great with the outdoors, everybody enjoying it, and keep our animals uh, safe out there from that regard, and uh, as well as keep our, our human folks safe as well. So uh, I sure appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me, Scott. It's It's been a pleasure, and um, I'm always here if the public has questions or if you guys need follow-up. Um, again, the, the website has plenty of information, but, um, again, I, I am happy to talk with the public on any kind of topic that they have. All right. Well, I sure appreciate it. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you. You as well. All right. That's Lauren Truitt, again, Public Information Officer and Website Manager for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Again, make yourself familiar with the website. It'll help you out a lot, cpw.state.co.us. You're listening to Sports from Colorado. We'll be right back. This is Red Merrill for Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is a weapon manufacturer that services the firearm enthusiast. From precision ARs to suppressors, Phoenix Weaponry can make your dreams come true. Phoenix Weaponry is a full-service gun shop that offers gunsmithing, coating, and modifications to your own weapon. Phoenix Weaponry, family-owned and operated right here in Colorado. If you can dream it, Phoenix Weaponry can build it. Call today, 720-340-2496. Again, that's 720-340-2496. Or visit their website, phoenixweaponry.com. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and receive 10% off your custom-built weapon. Littleton Heating and Air Conditioning is proud of their 45 years of HVAC service to Littleton, Highlands Ranch, and Denver metro area. Littleton Heating and Air Conditioning is your Lennox and Carrier expert heating and air conditioning contractor. They are proud to offer the finest heating, air conditioning, and indoor air quality products with prompt and professional customer service and satisfaction. Call today and mention Haystack Help Radio and save $25 off any repairs or $100 off your furnace installation. Call 303-798-3880. That's 3 303-798-3880 for your appointment today. Littleton Heating and Air, A-plus members of the Better Business Bureau and official Haystack Help registered company. Ladies, I know you're tired of walking into the local gun store and seeing the same old thing. So let me tell you about Rampart Firearms. Just a quarter mile up Highway 67 off of Santa Fe and Sedalia, you will find a great selection of guns, ammo, tactical, and personal defense weapons. And if you or your spouse love to hunt, Rampart Firearms is a great stop for all of your hunting needs. Shotguns, rifles, pistols, anything from predator hunting to your next big game trip. Head to Rampart Firearms at the foot of the Rockies. Open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you will only pay a 4% tax on your purchase. RampartFirearms.com, 720-468-0050. That's 720-468-0050. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, if you're just joining us, my name is Scott Watley, and we appreciate you being with us. Hey, I want to invite you out. Next Saturday, May 26, we will be broadcasting live from Iron Horse Armory in Parker. That is located at 10469 South Parker Road. And I hope you'll come out and see us. A lot's going to be going on. 
you're going down uh, Parker Road there and you cross over Lincoln, look over on your right pretty quick and uh, just follow the crowd because I'm sure we're going to have a big crowd out there. But that's going to be May 26th at 10469 South Parker Road, and that's Iron Horse Armory. And glad to have Rob Rosso. Ro See, I knew. Rosso. Rosso. I knew. And I even wrote it down. Rosso. Good night. All right. We're glad to have Rob with us today. So, um, Rob, thanks for being with us today on Sportsman of Colorado. Thanks, and uh, certainly been in your store a few times and tried to get something like this going. And great, great to. Uh, the invitation out there. We're grateful for that. And Thank we're you. looking forward to being with you guys. So, um, I assume you're probably going to have some manufacturers out there, different reps. All we that. are. We're going to have quite a few. Um, one of them is going to be uh, Fort Scott Munitions out of Fort Scott, Kansas. They're a new ammo company that does everything. It's CNC uh, machine copper rounds. Um, super cool rounds. One of the best self-defense rounds I've seen on the market so far. Okay. And it's solid. It does not expand or anything like that. Wow. And they've also even um, set the world record on the 6.5 Creedmoor. So they did 2,500 yards um, with six consecutive hits on a 20-inch gong. Really? So they're really pushing the solid copper stuff is awesome. Wow. So they're going to be out there pushing their stuff. They'll have some videos and talk about how their ammo works. Uh, so we're excited to have them in the shop now. They've been with us for a couple months. Mm -hmm. um, so they're going to have a canopy outside in the truck and doing their thing for us. Uh, we're going to have Legacy International, which is like the Howell rifle, sure. escort shotguns. Um, we'll have all their stuff in the shop. I have another vendor that's coming out. He does a lot of different stuff. We're going to have uh, a lot of new Noveski rifles, uh, CNC triggers, um, let's see, ETS magazines and loaders, okay. um, Hogue knives. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Right. Um, you know, we talked about this recently, um, matter of fact, yesterday on our Haystack show, but, you know, on your website you said, you know, we're a different type of gun store. Uh, what do you feel people get walking in Iron Horse Armory that they don't, probably find in a lot of the other top guns. We're more family orientated. You know, we greet everybody. Uh, we try to help as much people, you know, as, as fast as we can. Sometimes with only two or three guys, it gets a little backed up. Um, but we try to be more personable with, with everybody right. and really try to take care of their needs getting their firearms. Mm -hmm. You know, like with ladies, when they come in to get their first uh, firearm, we try to go through a full process of fitting them sure. to get the right gun. Because you probably get the quiet. What's the best gun to conceal and carry? Well, I mean, all the time. What fits you? You know, right? I mean, With guys, it's a different thing. Right, you know, right. you kind of get what your buddy has or your yeah. whatever. But ladies, they really need to get that comfortable grip because if they're not comfortable, they're not going to carry it. Sure, sure. And I want to make sure everybody's out there got their firearm. Right. You know. And uh, you guys offer, um, you know, you're kind of a full service store, meaning you know, you do all the transfers, um, you know classes you buy and sell correct and uh so if you know if you're listening out there and you're thinking hey man i don't shoot this gun too much whatever and you want to sell it or you want to uh even trade it um and you and i'm just gonna say this too you always got to remember you guys got to make a little bit of money too okay make a little bit of money. all right so when people come in i mean i'm sure you get to go hey well i paid you know Twelve hundred dollars. Well, you paid four hundred too much. Correct. <laughs> and we go so, through the. We yeah. use the blue book of gun values. I mean, that's right. just like selling a car. Sure. You know, it's a blue book that has all the ratings for all the different firearms out there. Right. So on transfers, I wanted to touch on that just a little bit because, um, well, first of all, let me back up on the background check. One of the first questions on there it talks about are you the buyer? Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, or and so I've had some people talk about well, okay. If, yeah, 
I'm by it, but I'm still planning on giving it to someone. <laughs> you know? That's illegal. I know. And so that's what I wanted to touch base. Yeah, it's called a straw sale. It's called a straw purchase, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so can't do that. Yeah. So there's only one time you're allowed to do that, and that's if it's first of kin. Okay. I can buy my son or daughter. I can buy my wife. I can buy my daddy. You know, I can buy something for first of kin. Right. You're just not allowed to do it for cousins and down and friends and things like that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, let's touch on the gun thing a little bit. And, and of course, we'd be um, certainly want to mention yesterday, of course, the events uh, happened down in Texas. And, uh, you know, certainly our thoughts and prayers are with all those uh, that were affected there and just a horrible, horrible thing. But um, when people ask you, what, I mean, this whole gun thing, I mean, should there be a a longer wait to, to get a gun or, I mean, what? It's hard for me to answer that. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty heavy constitutional guy. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want my rights infringed at all. Sure. You know, so it's hard for me to answer those questions, and I get into a lot of debates in the store. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, again, none of us want people that have mental issues to have a gun. No, I mean, not at all. <laughs> we're very clear on that. Very clear. But... It's also very, very hard to stop. I mean, this recent bill that went down about this red flag thing, mm -hmm. I mean, that, that got voted down. I mean, first of all, if they say, okay, give me your guns, I mean, how do you know you get all of them? All right. Probably not going to. Yeah, you're not going to. Mm -mm. And two, and uh, matter of fact, we had George Brockler on, who's running for attorney general um, this last week on our Haystack show, and, and I was talking to him off air about this, and I said, okay, so you go to court, uh, ex-wife says, you know, hey, he's crazy, or the wife says he's crazy, so, right. so you lose your gun. Then you got to pay to go back in the few days to and make that, your case. Right, that's not right. Yeah, and um, and then could probably walk into a gun store that next day and get something because it, all the paperwork hadn't got to somewhere. Been and now, he's, now the person's really upset. Right. <laughs> so mm -hmm. just a lot of issues. There. there is a lot of issues. Yeah. The system's been broken for a long time. Yeah, for sure. You know. Once again, we will be live next Saturday, May 26th at Iron Horse Armory. This is at 10469 South Parker Road. Hope you'll come see us. It's going to be a lot of great events, a lot of great things going on, and a lot of food. And uh, hope you'll come out and see us. Rob said there's going to be a lot of special deals out there on some firearms, ammo, uh, all that. And, and you guys carry a lot of uh, tactical kind of gear, well, too. Well, when I took over the shop, it was strictly a tactical shop. I don't want that. I want it to be a full-service gun shop. Mm -hmm. We have everything from bolt guns to, you know, hunting shotguns, hunting guns, whatever you need. Right. Uh, so I'm trying to change that persona of the shop. Um, just like when you look at our you section, I do a lot of collectibles. I've been buying and selling collectibles for many years. So, I mean, I've got guns from the 20s and on up. Right. So we have a little bit of everything. Hmm. You know, we're trying to change that whole tactical persona and in, in today's world of gun shops you really have to be a full service shop right you know anything you need if i don't have it i'll get it for you sure mm -hmm. now classes you guys do a lot i was on your website again this morning you know looking at your schedule and man you guys are doing a lot of classes and you're just showing me some of the group settings so who are you seeing come to some of these basic pistols? i mean everybody yeah everybody we get young old in between couples you know i've had a whole family come out there to do my concealed carry um, we get everybody, mm -hmm. everybody. Right. And only $99. I mean, that's a pretty For a basic good, pistol, that's a that, good price. That's mm -hmm. a pretty good deal. Right. And yeah. like I said, if you do both of them, it's 174 You save $50. Okay. So that's a basic pistol then. Concealed then, carry. Then, then um, your concealed carry level one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And then you also have a level two. They do. That's something that we're just starting. Okay. Um, the, 
I haven't had any book them yet. I'm not sure the schedule on the level twos yet. Okay. Um, but it is a more advanced concealed carry class. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And then you do some other training I just want to touch on real quick. That's, that's, I don't know of anybody else that does it really. Not out here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in layman terms, kind of explain what that is. Well, I'm a Krav Maga instructor. Krav Maga. Krav Maga. Krav Maga. Like Not McGraw. Tug McGraw. M-A-G-A. <laughs> so Krav Maga is the Israeli combat system. Okay. It's, it's a self-defense hand-to-hand technique. With Krav Maga, it does everything from hands, stick, knife, pistol, shotgun, AR-15. Okay. It's exactly what the IDF uses every day in Israel. Um, I belong to an association called KMA. It's the Krav Maga Association. Uh, right now, our association has 80 schools across the country. And four of us are shooting schools. Um, I don't have time to teach the hand-to-hand, but we do three different levels of pistol, combat pistol, uh, three different levels of AR. Um, We do knife fighting techniques, weapon disarmament. Um, I even have a fully certified VIP bodyguard class coming up in October. So if you want to be better for your family or even a professional um, bodyguard type of thing, um, we're going to be offering that. You get fully certified, letter of recommendation. Uh, we're fully sanctioned and accredited. Uh, we've been teaching this stuff for many, many years. Um, my professor, Marty Kale, has a school in Arkansas where I'm from, and then we get a lot of our certification directly from some gentlemen in Israel, and they're all IDF guys. Wow. Um, we train directly with them. My professor's been to Israel I don't know how many times. So I do... Uh, some kind of a combat class every other weekend. And my classes are the same as concealed carry. It's only $125 for a class. Wow, really? And that's an eight-hour day. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was my next question. How long is it's it? An eight, it's well, between six and eight, depending on how many students. If it's a small class, we'll get through it pretty fast. Right. Um, but we try to be very, very detailed in how we're teaching it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that's different from us compared to a lot of other instructors is when I have a student on the firing line, every single student has an instructor every time they shoot. So there's an instructor six inches a foot away from you. That way we don't have any mistakes, and he's really trying to hone all these skills that we're trying to get into you. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I think over the last several years, just with all the different things that have gone on too, I think if we gave one tip today, people just need to be aware of their surroundings. Absolutely. And, and mm-hmm. most of us are so distracted with either cell phones or just what's going cell on. This is the worst thing. And is you see people just walking with their face. And I just know that, man. I, you know, I mean, you are probably way more built into you than than most of us. But I mean, I mean, I just know in restaurant, man. I'm I'm watching everybody. Everything. You know? my back is never to the <laughs> yeah. door. I mean, I'm just watching everybody mm-hmm. just to because you just never know now right. where something bad can happen. You know, I was a cop for almost 15 years, so it just kind of instilled in my head, and it's what I've always done. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, Rob, this has been great. Again, we are looking forward to this next Saturday. But don't wait to go. Don't wait till next Saturday to come out. Get by and see Rob at Iron Horse Armory. But uh, come see us on next Saturday, the 26th. Again, we'll be live from 1 to 2 with our Sportsman of Colorado show. We'll be out there hanging out, though, though, for several hours. So hope you'll come see us. Hey, if you need to get a gun, uh, need some ammo, Get out and see the guys here at Iron Horse Armory. So, Rob, thank you very much. Thank you, Scott. we got to take a short break, and we'll be back with more right after this. If you're looking for great deals on outdoor equipment and clothing, we've got you covered. Hi, this is Bill Paddock, owner of the Outdoorsman's Attic, your outdoor gear consignment headquarters. You'll save 20, 30, 40, even 50% on previously owned outdoor gear for the fisherman, hunter, and camper. We also sell live bait. 
firearms and ammo. If you're doing a little spring cleaning, bring in your gear to the Outdoorsman's Attic. We'll sell it for you and put cash in your pocket. You can also pick up your hunting and fishing licenses right here at the store. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor gear needs is the Outdoorsman's Attic, located at 2650 West Hampton Avenue in Sheridan, Colorado. 303-781-3626. That's 303-781-3626. Or visit us online at outdoorsmansattic.com. Mention Sportsman's of Colorado and receive 20% off all your outdoor clothing. I was out on my motorcycle, and a car came out of nowhere and hit me, and I was hurt bad. My life was instantly turned upside down. I can't go to work. My bike was totaled. I had some savings, but that's all gone. And on top of all that, the person who hit me didn't have any insurance at all. I just don't know what to do. After you've been in a motorcycle accident, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law. He will answer all of your questions. Kevin Flesh will help you determine if you are entitled to compensation for your pain and suffering. And he has the experience and the knowledge to navigate the complicated maze created by the insurance company designed to minimize your claim. Call Kevin Flesh of Flesh Law at 303-806-8886 to find out how he can help you to get the compensation that you deserve. That's Kevin Flesh, 303 303- 803-806-8886. Call now and get back on the road. Hi, this is Scott Watley. Let me tell you what I love about Stack Optical. They are truly one of the last optician-owned, family-owned optical stores. At Stack Optical, you can be confident you'll receive personal attention. For over 50 years, Alan Stack has shown he really cares about making his customers happy. Stack Optical also has a beautiful new location at 2233 South Monaco Parkway in Denver. Free and easy, up-close parking. Stack Optical has an on-site eyeglass production lab. Whether you need office eyewear or a new set of shooting or golf glasses, Stack Optical has the solution with the Stack Sport Pack. Give them a call today and ask for their $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578. Your eyes and vision are one of the most important things in life. I'm confident at Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. That's 303-321-1578, stackoptical.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman Colorado. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to go to phones now and uh, catch our good friend Trevin Stoltzfus. Trevin is a host of Outback Outdoors and a guest host for us once in a while. And uh, as well, uh, certainly love getting him on the show when we can. So, Trevin, thanks for taking a few minutes. I know you guys are busy out there at No Limits. Yeah, it's it's uh, we're doing that alpha bow hunting class today, which is an all-day class, really trying to understand your effective range. And, and you know, a lot of people pull their bow out two weeks before season and and sometimes <laughs> that's not the best thing to do so phil is walking through uh this class and, and helping people be become better archers that's going to make you a better bow hunter. absolutely and again no limits archery is our place that we really really highly endorse and there's there's several great bow shops and uh if you lived around different areas of the state but i'm just telling you um no limits is really does a good job helps those of us maybe just trying to get into this a little bit, or if you're really that, um, you know, feel like, hey, I'm a very accomplished bow hunter, I promise you, you'll learn something here at some of these classes they have. So, uh, 
is this class today, is this for kind of the, the, the beginner or more the intermediate or? You know, really, I think anybody would, would get something from it. But it's kind of, it's kind of like bow hunting 2.0 and 3.0. So, okay. so a lot of times if you just picked up a bow and you're not sure where to go, this might not be the class to take right off. There's a, he's got a, a great beginning courses that you can take online that will teach you and bring you up to this speed. This is definitely uh, more of a hands-on course that's going to take you to that next level. And, 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 and let's be honest, 10% of bow hunters kill 90% of the game. Yep. And we all aspire to be that 10%. And this course really gives you the tools to understand your effective range, understand your accuracy, so that you can become more of a complete bow hunter and, and, and become more successful. So it's a real hands-on, but it's a real practical application. Well, good deal. All right. Uh, I appreciate you doing this again. Quick notice. I know you're busy out there, but I, I shared your post of the day when I saw about your uh, uh, film coming out here. This is... The Return to the Rock, and uh, on the Sportsman's Channel, uh, shared it from their Facebook as well. But um, this is an Ibex Adventure Part 2. So right, before we right. talk about Part 2, let's talk about Part 1 a minute. Well, What happened? <laughs> you know, um, a lot of people don't realize that the Persian or the Bazaar Ibex um, even are in the United States. Uh, it, going back to the beginning in the 70s, a provincial governor in Iran uh, gave 70 Ibex to New Mexico Game and Fish. They put them out on the Florida Mountains, which is a mountain range that literally juts 24 to 2,600 vertical feet right out of the desert floor down by Deming, New Mexico. So that's very southern New Mexico. You, you're pretty close to Mexico, actually. And these goats have done so well. Their only real predator is mountain lions, of course, and, and man. And uh, they're prolific, uh, and they just survived so great in this environment and it's rough it's i've i've killed a mountain goat i've i've uh, i've hunted some rough country and this is by far the roughest <laughs> country i've been in at least in the lower 48 um and uh, and they're very skittish so uh i drew it in 2014 and uh, did the january hunt and went up there with the film crew and and uh didn't even get a shot, Scott. It was amazing. Um, mm. We even kind of camped out so that we didn't have to climb the mountain every day. And I mean, we were we just it's, it was just an incredible adventure. And, and we showed that that aired in 2015 on the Sportsman's Channel. It was an hour long adventure special. Well, believe it or not, in 2016, I drew the darn tag again. Wow! And by by now, I am ate up with ibex because of. You know, the 15 days I stayed on that mountain and, and the blood, sweat, and tears that I'd put to not even have a shot. Um, so I was I, I did a, a few things a little bit different um, on this second trip when we went back in 2016. But that's kind of the precursor. Um, it's a little bit different when I'm hunting Ibex than when just somebody normal because I always have uh, these camera guys following me around. Sure. So, of course, I don't got to just get me into range. I have to get the crew and you know so it does add some yeah i mean i can't even imagine what that adds to it and that's something most of us is uh you know we just maybe have a buddy with us and we're, we can't get him to be quiet so how uh this is going to drop june 1st i think i remember saying. june 1st right so mm -hmm. how, how can folks find it and 
You know, honestly, uh, the second film we return, um, it, it, it's a much shorter film. It's going to be our first purely digital film. So the good thing about being a purely digital film is it's 100% free. Anybody can watch it. All they need is a, a, an Internet connection, right? Okay. And whether it's their mobile phone or, or the computer at the house or their smart TV, uh, they'll be able to watch this. Now, it's going to air uh, or it's going to be released on imsportsmans.tv. Uh, which is a uh, it's part of Camel Spring, part of the MOTV um, network of My Outdoor TV, which is a uh, a subscription based online mobile app that you can watch hunting shows. Um, that is owned by the Outdoor Sportsman's Group, which also owns Outdoor Channel and Sportsman's Channel. So for us, it's a little bit new venue mm-hmm. in the fact that it's purely digital film. But I really wanted this film to be one where people can access it without having to pay a subscription and, and all that stuff. I wanted it to be where any, everybody could see it. So I'm pretty excited about it. Pretty excited about it. It's exciting. Uh, it's, an emotion, it's an emotional piece for me, um, and I hope people also get, get that sense of it. Right. Well, just Trevin Stoltz is our guest, by the way. Trevin's joining us live from No Limits Archery at the Alpha Bow Hunting Challenge. And uh, so if you're in that area and you'd like to just go see some stuff going on there, uh, drop by. But um, this is going to be a very cool film that's out. And just, just man, the, the couple of minutes that you shared the other day on Facebook, man, I mean, the, the filming is just unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable country. We have a good crew we're trying to film, you know, that cinematic style that we do with the show. Um, and, and so you get the natural beauty coming through, but you also get the, the highs and the lows. And, and for me, this film is definitely a, 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 an up-and-down type film. It's, it's an emotional film, as I said before. I think for people, if, if they want to stay in tune with as we come up to it, you know, if they'll follow Outback Outdoors, on Facebook and Instagram, that's, we're going to be posting almost daily. Okay. Uh, um, some, you know, little teasers. I even have a ton of outtakes. You know how it is. You get around sure. your buddies and it's pretty funny. Well, <laughs> we're running camera when it's funny. So so there's some funny stuff out there and there's some backstory that you're gonna be able to see that will will give you an insight even more to, to this exciting event. Right. Um and then I even started if you're an Instagram user, uh, of course Outback Outdoors and Travis Stolsis and all that, but I started an Instagram page called the the Return to the Rock Two, which every morning I'm gonna post Kind of a little behind-the-scenes tidbit, maybe some info, some knowledge, stuff like that. So if people want to jump on and follow the Return to the Rock 2, they can do that. All right, cool. All right, a couple minutes, and I'll let you get out of here. Um, the draw, you know, it seems like, uh, first of all, it's coming up here uh, June 4th through the 8th, I believe. Hopefully our results will be back. But, man, I have never seen uh, so much on social media uh, just, you know, some are happy. Most are unhappy with the way they did the draw this year, where you're not having mm-hmm. to pay. You're talking for it. Colorado, right? Yes, yes, Colorado, sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, I don't know. A couple of minutes here. Uh, what are your thoughts on the on the draw? And I mean, you apply a lot of different states. You know, yeah. the ways a lot of other states do things. Uh, is this going to work? And is this good for our hunters here in Colorado? Well, you know, uh, that's a that's a that's a great question, Scott. I think. Um, it, it's tough. If you're a Colorado resident and you've been putting in, it, it's going to definitely uh, change the odds because yeah. people aren't having to pay the full amount to play. Right. Um, on the flip side, I believe it's going to save uh, 
the state uh, uh, quite a bit of money the way they're doing this, um, some different things. So mm-hmm. there's there's things on both sides where you can say this is a positive, this is a negative. Uh, where I see it as a bow hunter, as a resident of Colorado, is in, in you know when you get into that those premium tags that take uh, weighted preference points, which are the three that you have to initially put in the three years you have to put in to get even into the draw, um, you know, in, in two years from now, there's it, there's going to be a ton more people. So yeah. some of those tags are just going to be that much more hard, uh, that much harder to draw. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying. I think there's some definite uh, truth to that. Um, my thing is this: uh, I just like seeing people hunt. Sure. <laughs> and I know that sometimes, unfortunately, that means I don't get to hunt. But the way I'm looking at this is um, if it's best for our wildlife, if it's best for the heritage and the sport that we love to do this, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I don't know if we have enough data right now to make that decision. Yep, yep, I agree. So that's kind of my politically correct two cents, and I hate (laughs) that word politically correct, but I look at both sides of this and I see, You know, I see why they're doing it, but on the flip side, I'm kind of mad because I want to do this, and I want to be able to draw that tag or whatever. Sure. So. All right, man. Hey, listen, you guys have a good time out there, and um, thanks for taking a few minutes for us. Follow Trevin. Again, he's on Facebook, Trevin Stolfus, Outback Outdoors. Also on Instagram, Outback Outdoors, and look up the Return to the Rock two and uh follow them on there and uh i promise you this is this is worth your time to follow along and then we'll be looking forward to june 1st so trevin yeah go ahead and if if they'll do if they'll do that we'll we'll even have some links if they haven't seen the first film where they can go and and see the first film there'll be some links on there um we've got a site on vimeo where you can rent it and and it's cheap and that way you can bring you up to speed we really encourage it It'll, it'll give you some good backstory uh, for this second film. Good. Outback Outdoors, real quick. When's when's that coming back? Third quarter. Third so, quarter. So, okay. uh, yeah, we're, we'll be back on on the third and fourth quarter. We're actually finishing shows up right now along with uh, just finishing up, you know, having just finished this film. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll be coming back third and fourth quarter. All right, my friend. Hey, bud. Appreciate it. Shoot straight. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. All right, Talk man. To you later. That's Trevin Stolfus, host of Outback Outdoors once again. Follow him on Instagram, Outback Outdoors. The Return to the Rock 2. Well, thank you for joining us today for Sportsman Colorado. Hope everyone has a great, safe weekend. Be sure and catch us on Sundays if you miss us on Saturdays. Sundays at 9, Sundays at 4 p.m. And uh, you can catch our show there as well. Everyone have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country Station.